1: So Paul wanted the Colossians to be rooted, built up, and established in the Christian faith in order to stand firmly against any false teaching.
2: Just another example of how timeless the teachings from the Scriptures are. Welcome to a broadcast we call Study Verse by Verse. It features the teaching of Pastor Leighton Sheely. He's the senior pastor at Church of the Highlands in San Bruno and there on the web at highlands.us. By the way, when you go to that website, you'll have an opportunity to either continue through to the church's website or to Highlands Christian Schools website. Perhaps you're looking for more information about a Christian education for your child of your children. That's highlands.us. And now again in the book of Colossians, here's Pastor Layton.
1: We believe that the Bible is God's word to us. That's why we want to know what it says, what it means, and how it applies. Now some people think that uh, the world has changed and people have changed, and the fact is this world has changed. I mean, the fact that we can put missionaries from our church on a plane and they can be in the middle of the jungles of Borneo on the other side of the world within 36 hours tells us how much the world has changed. In centuries past, something like that would take weeks. It would take months. Now it can be done in hours. So the world is changing, but people fundamentally don't change unless God changes them, of course. And uh, so what Paul wrote 2,000 years ago could have as easily been written today. It's just as applicable today. You know, those Christians at Colossae, like Christians today, were fond of mixing the truths of Christianity with some of the ideas and the notions of the culture around them. They also had the tendency, like Christians today, to slide into either legalism or licentiousness. Licentiousness is using the grace of God as a license, thus licentiousness, as a license to sin. The doctrines were mingled, the integrity of the gospel was compromised, and pretty soon the Christianity in Colossae was pretty hard to distinguish from any other man-made religion. Now, the ancient Roman Empire embodied religious pluralism. The Roman Empire just basically imported any religions from any nations that happened to invade and take over. And you could believe anything you wanted to believe in the Roman Empire. You could pick any religion you wanted to pick. Or you could uh, pick and mix and match them so you get the religion of your choice. You could believe anything you wanted to believe in the Roman Empire as long as you were willing to declare Caesar is Lord. Now you see that's where the problem was for a lot of Christians because they knew that Caesar wasn't Lord, Jesus is Lord. And because they couldn't bring themselves to say Caesar is Lord they were branded as traitors they were persecuted, they were tortured, and some were even martyred. The Roman Empire was religiously pluralistic. The society we live in today is religiously pluralistic. It's also got a lot of syncretism, which is a way of describing, diluting the truth in order to find some common ground, some, some establishment of unity. When we do that, the, the lordship of Christ is denied. One religion is considered just as good as another, All religions are basically the same, and you get this notion that, you know, what may be true for you may or may not be true for me. Each of us has our own little paradigm. Well, to that, Colossians says loud and clear, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. And you see, true Christianity, real Christianity, is all about Christ Jesus. Jesus is supreme. He is preeminent. He is of first importance. Everything revolves around him. Real Christianity, true Christianity, is all about Christ Jesus. And that's because Jesus is unique. Jesus is God incarnate. The word incarnate means in the flesh. Jesus is God in the flesh. As the Apostle John said, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh. Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. And He came to reconcile mankind with God by making peace through His death on the cross. The supremacy of Christ is the theme of Colossians. There's no other book of the New Testament that declares more fully or defends more thoroughly the Lordship of Christ than Colossians. Colossians sets forth Jesus as Supreme Lord, completely sufficient, and and in Him will we find completeness. He is the key to everything we need. All that God has ever done or going to do is being done and has been done through Christ Jesus, our Savior and Lord. Now, in chapter 1, Paul has very clearly declared the preeminence and the supremacy of Christ over all. And now in chapter 2, he begins addressing some of the problems that are threatening the church in Colossae. There was evidently false teachers that were threatening Christ's preeminence, and so Paul needed to address them. Now our study today is going to begin at verse 6, but notice in verse 5 that Paul was rejoicing over the Colossians' unity and the steadfastness of their faith, indicating they had not given ground to these heresies. He said, I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the firmness of your faith in Christ. What he was saying is, you guys are doing good, and I'm going to write to make sure you stay on the right path. So listen to what I have to say, is what he was saying. And and the verse previous to that, verse 4, talks about the persuasiveness of false arguments. And so what he's telling us is that we need to to stay true to what we know to be true. Now for the Apostle Paul there was no gap between believing and behaving. Believing affects how we behave. And uh, all who receive Christ Jesus as Lord, confess Him as Lord, should walk, that is live, under His Lordship, that is live in Him. Now Let's read the passage in whole before we study it verse by verse. Starting at verse 6, Therefore as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. For in Him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily." And you have been filled in Him who is the head of all rule and authority. In Him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with Him in baptism, in which you were also raised with Him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised Him from the dead. And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with Him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. So Paul taught that belief that doesn't impact one's behavior is useless. And that's the theme here that he says, as you've received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. So on the faith side, they've received Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, they've been taught the faith. On the practice side, they need to continue to live in Him and be built up in Him. Now with that as an introduction, let's study this passage verse by verse. Verse 6, therefore as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. Now verses 6 and 7 occupy a central place in the letter because they provide a transition between what has been said and what is about to be said. It ties those together. And these false teachers were evidently trying to convince the believers that Jesus was not sufficient and he was not unique. That he was not sufficient and that he was not unique. And the title, the phrasing that that Paul uses here, Christ Jesus the Lord, contradicts and counteracts these conceptions about Jesus. They announce his deity, he is the Christ, he is the anointed one. His humanity, he is Jesus the man, And his sovereignty, he is Lord. Fully God, fully man, the Lord. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord. Now, the word received there, Paul borrowed from uh, Judaism, and in Judaism, the word was used to describe the transmitting and safeguarding of teachings and traditions from one person or generation to the next. But in this context, Paul means more than just the teaching and traditions related to Christ, he's talking about Christ himself. To receive Christ is not only a matter of believing what is said about Him, it involves receiving Him. And because Christ dwells within believers through the Holy Spirit, they should walk, that is, conduct their lives in alignment with the indwelling Christ. Walk refers to the patterns of life, our behavior, that our behavior should be appropriate to our claim of being Christians. It's in the continuous action, so what it's saying is continue to live, that our Receiving Christ should affect our daily living. Verse 7, rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. So in this verse, the Apostle Paul lists four characteristics of what it means to walk in the Lord. He uses several metaphors, and each metaphor describes a facet of Christian living. First off, the Christians are to be rooted in Christ. Now just as a plant draws its strength, its stability, and its nourishment from the soil through the roots, so also believers should draw life-giving strength and stability from Christ. And the more we are planted in, rooted in Christ, the less likely we're going to be fooled by those who claim falsely to have life's answers. Having been rooted. We're to be rooted. We're not to be tumbleweeds you've seen tumbleweeds you go down the freeway and they're they got no roots and they're just blown about by every wind of doctrine that shouldn't be true of us we needed to get rooted and stay rooted strong deep roots give strength and stability and then secondly he says that we're to be built up and it's in the present continuous tense meaning it's a continuing action now the word built up is an architectural term describing the growth of a building. So after we have been established on the foundation, we have been rooted, then we are to continue to grow in grace. Christians are supposed to grow. We are supposed to grow. And if we're not growing, then we need to find out what's impeding our growth. And then third, Colossians are to be strengthened or established in their faith. It describes a binding contract And we can be strengthened either by our faith or in respect to our faith, and actually both are true, because as we are strengthened in the faith, our faith strengthens us. I'll say it again, as we are strengthened in the faith, our faith strengthens us. It's reciprocal. So Paul wanted the Colossians to be rooted, built up, and established in the Christian faith in order to stand firmly against any false teaching.
2: You're listening to Study Verse by Verse. I'm Mike Trout. Our teacher is Pastor Leighton Sheely. He's the senior pastor at Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. And as you might imagine, there is uh, quite a bit going on at Church of the Highlands during these months. And you can find out all the details uh, at their website, highlands.us. That's highlands.us. If you'd like to listen to any of our past broadcasts again, just go to the website studyversebyverse.com. That's studyversebyverse.com. You can either listen or download past broadcasts. That's studyversebyverse.com. And you can join with us as a financial partner safely. Just click on the Donate button and let us know that you listen. Have a great rest of your day and join us tomorrow at this same time when Pastor Layton will open the Word of God to the book of Colossians and help us study verse by verse